Nothing beats the feeling of a luxurious towel when you step out of the shower. Wrap yourself in nothing but the best with the My Pillow towel set. Guys, I've got these towels. They're the only ones I order right now. I absolutely love them. They're soft to the touch without any of that lotiony feel. For a limited time, get the My Pillow 6-piece towel set regularly $109.99 for only $39.99 right now. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square. Enter the promo code CARTER, that's C-A-R-T-E-R, or call 1-800-685-7221. While you're there, take advantage of the deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets and MyPillow premium pillows. Get your MyPillow six-piece towel set for only $39.99. Only with my promo code, guys, CARTER, C-A-R-T-E-R. Call 1-800-685-7221 or visit MyPillow.com today. Today is another really important show. I just got back from Miami. Uh, I think that all of the wonderful, wonderful uh, Cuban Americans that I met there like family, because all, as all of you know, I'm I'm half Cuban, but the stories that they told me, the warnings that they have for our own nation, their own concern that the United States is heading in the wrong direction, just as the Cuban people on the island of Cuba are standing up, some of them sacrificing their lives, some of them ending up in jail to fight the dictatorship and the communism that is on that island and the fear that's and the lessons learned that some of those who experienced the revolution under Castro have for us is something that we need to be mindful of. It's what I'm going to be talking about a little bit at the beginning of the show. And also do not miss this show because we have breaking news here. Senator Marsha Blackburn is on the show today. She is demanding that the Biden administration, which is censoring, and she's going to give you firsthand information on this, censoring our freedom of speech. She is demanding answers from them. She is demanding answers from President Biden. She is demanding answers from the administration. She wants to know who's doing the monitoring, who's talking to Facebook, Google, Twitter. What are they talking about? Who's on the taxpayer dollar, right? Getting paid by us to monitor us. So you do not want to miss this episode. And today's podcast is sponsored by AMAC. I love AMAC. Great organization. It's the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC is the fastest growing conservative 50 plus organization in America. 50 is the new 30. Join today at amac.us slash Carter. That's amac.us slash Carter. So let me start with a little bit of what happened. I was back in Miami Of course, Governor Ron DeSantis was there. Sean Hannity went, my good friend. He was there, um, you know, to be with the people as they were out in the streets showing their support for the Cuban people that are standing up to the regime, to Raul Castro's regime. Raul Castro, the brother of Fidel Castro. This is a tyrannical government. This government does not care about its people. It cares only about itself. We've seen videos where people are being pulled off the streets, people who are standing up to the regime because they are starving to death, because they have no freedom, because they have no ability to communicate with the outside world. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine a world 
right now in the United States of America where you're being monitored, where you're being ostracized for what you believe in, where you can't speak freely, where you're afraid that the government is listening in on your telephone conversations, where even if you're a journalist or a priest or a lawyer or a doctor, that somebody could be monitoring your conversations because you're not pushing the narrative that the government wants. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, that's already happening here. That's already happening in the United States of America. I'm sorry, but it is. We can choose to put our heads in the sand and not pay attention to it. And believe me, that happened in Cuba. That happened in Venezuela, where people are like, this is never going to end. We are never going to end this democracy. This democracy will stay forever. No, it won't. The Cubans found that out the hard way. The Venezuelans found that out the hard way. The rise of the Soviet Union. And even after the collapse of the Soviet Union in the 90s, even after that collapse, there still is an established type of censorship over the government there. We know Vladimir Putin. I mean, he's basically the de facto dictator in, you know, Russia. Doesn't matter if there's another president there. Doesn't matter what happens. He's always there. Medvedev was just his, you know, like his stooge. This is what happens in countries where governments have control, where they take control and they seize control of what? The most important freedom that you have, your freedom of communication, your ability to gather, your ability to share ideas. Look, I don't always agree with everyone. I don't always agree with anyone, right? You don't always agree with me, but we have the right to speak out. We have the right to talk freely. As long as we're not harming anyone, we're not asking people to do things that are dangerous or criminal. We have the right to speak up. Rachel Maddow can be as wild and wacky as she wants on the Rachel Maddow show. You know what? I don't even care. MSNBC, it's totally wacky. Sometimes I just watch it for kicks. Like I laugh. I watch MSNBC and I'm like, holy smokes, people actually believe this, but it's okay because everybody has a choice. I believe in the American people. I believe in people in general, and I believe that people can make their own decisions, the best decisions that they know for themselves and for their family. I have faith in freedom of choice. I do not believe that a government, and I know you don't believe this. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you don't believe this, that the government has a right to dictate what you think, how you feel, what you say. It does not have that right, and especially under the Constitution. And Senator Marsha Blackburn is demanding those answers because she is one of the few people on Capitol Hill, one of our few representatives in the Senate that isn't going to put up with this mess. She is going to ask these questions and she's going to make it very public and she is going to hold them accountable. She's a firebrand. We need to support that. We need to be the same way. We need to tell the Biden administration and any administration, I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat, no, I'm sorry, you do not have the right to trample the Constitution. No, I'm sorry, you cannot weaponize your Department of Justice. You cannot weaponize your FBI. You can, It's our FBI, by the way, our Department of Justice. You cannot embed your wild, crazy, narcissistic bureaucrats. By the way, speaking of narcissism, um, I'm going to end the show with Jeff Bezos, and you guys got to hear this because he is just 
that man really is in outer space. Not He didn't even just go to outer space. He really is in outer space. You don't want to miss that. So you're going to want to hold on throughout the entire show for, for my little bit on Bezos. But I want to go back to this, to who we are as a nation. You know, when I was in Miami and I was at, um, oh, by the way, Cafe Versailles, the food was so amazing. It's iconic. The Versailles restaurant in Miami on Calle Ocho. And you like how I said that? Calle Ocho. A lot of people don't realize that I speak Spanish fluently. I even surprised Sean. Sean, he even walked up to me yesterday in Miami. I'm like, Sean, I've been covering the border. I've been talking to people in Spanish. He's like, I didn't know you spoke it that well. Like, I'm like, what did you think? I just learned like three sentences. I'm like going out there, like, who brought you here? Um, where are you from? No, I, I speak Spanish. I was very blessed to have a mother that loved me so much that she just spoke Spanish around me all the time. And usually it was like, go to your room, clean your room. Sarah, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, you're not allowed to go out with that, those kids. They're not good for you. Um, it was usually a, a very Cuban mom that was telling me everything that I was doing wrong <laughs> and a few things that I was doing right. Um, she was amazing and I miss her dearly. And one of the stories, you know, my mom always used to say, I'm an American. I'm no longer a Cuban. I, of Cuban ethnicity, but I'm an American. She loved the United States of America with all of her heart and never went back to Cuba, never, ever visited Cuba again. She said she wouldn't as long as the regime was in power. My mom came in 1967, so she obviously lived under the regime for some time, uh, came on the Johnson Freedom Flights with the rest of my family. But my mom used to tell me stories, you know, about the revolution and how they're ability to speak to one another was taken from them and how afraid they were to talk, to, to talk normally, to say, well, I don't agree with that policy that Castro put in place, or I think Castro's lying. Anything like that, anything like that would get you arrested, would get you taken into custody. My mom was taken into custody. Um, she was put in a uh, prison. It was like a, a house lockdown prison with others, and she never talked about it. She never talked about that time. Another aunt of mine was taken out into the fields uh, to cut sugarcane uh, because they wouldn't, they didn't agree with the Castro regime. They stood up to the Castro regime. The Castro regime did not trust them. Um, so there was there, there was always this sense like of me appreciating my nation because of my mom, because I was the first generation, my brother and I, you know, born here. I had cousins that came on the Peter Pan flights. And, you know, they came on these Peter, they called them the Peter Pan flights because their parents had to send them in advance. So some of my aunts, they sent their kids in advance to be with families that were sponsors in the United States, never knowing if they would ever see them again. Think about that. Never knowing if you'd ever see your kids again. But living under communism and living under tyranny is so far worse that you love your child so much more, so much more that you would send them ahead, right? That you would send them ahead, that you would do everything in your power to protect your child. Now I want you to think about what's happening in the United States of America. I want you to think about, I mean, it's hard for me to wrap my head around this. I don't know if it's hard for you. Um, and if I sound a little hoarse, it's because I was out all night. And as you know, the Cubans, we were all going crazy. <laughs> we were screaming, you know, and everybody's patria y vida, patria y vida. So that means um, patriotism in life. You know, we are going liberty, libertad, liberty, liberty and freedom. 
You know, we take that for granted here in the United States, but it's so precious. It means so much. It is everything. It is the reason why we even exist, why our nation exists, why our forefathers came here, whichever way they came, whether they came through Ellis Island, whether they came on a plane, whether they were on the Johnson Freedom Flights, whether they're coming right now, whether they came across a border, it doesn't matter. It's the reason we are all here. One thing and one thing only, and that is freedom. That's it. What happens when that gets taken away? It is up to every single one of us, every single one of us, to fight for that beautiful, precious gift. That is a human right. It is a human right. When you see the kids in Hong Kong stand up and they hold the American flag and they sing our, you know, Star Spangled Banner, they're doing it for a reason. Humanity, it's a necessity. It's in our, it's in us. It's ingrained in our being that need to be free, to be able to write what we want, to think what we want, to be who we are without crossing any lines, but to be who we are. That's what makes humans so amazing. That's why we are so amazing. That's why you'll see people invent things. That's why Jeff Bezos, crazy Jeff Bezos, went into space because we are free and innovative. But when we're not, when we live in countries like Cuba, innovation dies, money dies, the economy dies, the people slowly wither away inside. They'll do anything to get out of it. They'll sacrifice their lives. They'll try to get out on the ocean in the open seas on a little boat and do whatever they can to escape. We just want to be free. I want you to listen to Tucker Carlson on the NSA leaking his emails to the public. Before we get to Senator Marsha Blackburn, I want you to understand at what point we are here in the United States. This is Tucker Carlson, a colleague from Fox News, and I think it's very important that we listen to this. I wasn't embarrassed about trying to interview Putin. He's obviously newsworthy. I'm an American citizen. I can interview anyone I want, and I plan to. But still, in this case, I decided to keep it quiet. I figured that any kind of publicity would rattle the Russians and make the interview less likely to happen. But the Biden administration found out anyway by reading my emails. I learned from a whistleblower that the NSA planned to leak the contents of those emails to media outlets. Why would they do that? Well, the point, of course, was to paint me as a disloyal American, a Russian operative, been called that before, a stooge of the Kremlin, a traitor doing the bidding of a foreign adversary. Can you believe that? Here is a journalist doing his job, doing his job. It wasn't as much that they looked at the emails, that the NSA would look at the Russian emails, right? It wasn't about the NSA monitoring those emails and maybe accidentally somebody there says, oh, wow, this is an email between Tucker Carlson's team and Vladimir Putin's team, and he's going to look for an interview. Let's minimize Tucker Carlson's name or the team members' names in order to protect them. No, what I want you to think about what the Biden administration did and why this whistleblower told Tucker Carlson what happened, why they let the cat out of the bag. Because that's a big cat to let out of the bag. Because as soon as that NSA whistleblower let that cat out of the bag, the Russians knew exactly, exactly what and who was being monitored. But the reason the whistleblower did this was because Tucker Carlson's emails were being leaked to a news organization in Washington, D.C., by the Biden administration in an effort to target him 
and to target his ability to speak freely. Think about that. To remove him from the air, to try to destroy his career. They have weaponized agencies that are meant to monitor foreign adversaries. That is what is going on here. But they're not monitoring the foreign adversaries only. They are using these technologies, these enormous classified technologies, some of which we know nothing about, to monitor us. Don't for a minute think it is not true. Not even for one second. And not only are they operating on that level, but they're controlling the social media platforms too. These are the main platforms that we use to communicate with one another. These are the main platforms that, thank God, in some cases, we're able to get information out of Cuba or out of Hong Kong to see what is going on on the ground. We do not want these platforms, even if they were created by, you know, crazy Jack Dorsey and Jeff Bezos and Sundar Pachai and Mark Zuckerberg to be taken from what they originally were intended, which was a platform for free speech, to then be utilized against us by the government. We do not want that. We cannot accept that. I want, before I get to Senator Blackburn, I want you to hear one more. This is one more clip. This is Senator Ted Cruz. He's amazing. Confronting Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey, who's like a hippie out of some kind of crazy 1970s movie. I don't even know what's going on here. On Twitter, banning. Listen to this. When Twitter is editing and censoring and silencing the New York Post, the, four, the newspaper with the fourth highest circulation in the country, and Politico, one of the leading newspapers in the country, is Twitter behaving as a publisher when it's deciding what stories reporters are allowed to write and, and publish and what stories they're not? No, and that account was not suspended. Um, it fell afoul of the hacked materials policy. Um, we realized that there was an error in that policy and the enforcement. Hold, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking hours. at the tweet from Twitter that says your account has been locked. You're, you're telling me that this is not an that's accurate... A, that's a lock, that's a lock and can be unlocked when you delete the... I, I understand tweet. that you have the star lock, chamber unlock. power. Your answer is always, well, lock once we silence you, we can choose to allow you to speak. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Ted Cruz, for having common sense and for challenging Jack Dorsey's ridiculous answers to your questions because it exposed him. It exposed him. Why do these companies want to be a tool for the Biden administration? It's beyond me. Is it power? I mean, because that's what they are. Jack Dorsey is nothing more than a tool. That's what you are, Jack Dorsey. You're a tool. Sundar Pichai, you're a tool. That's all you guys are. Mark Zuckerberg, you're a tool. They're just using you and you're letting them. Weren't you supposed to be about the American people? Weren't you supposed to be about freedom and about freedom of speech? You're sold out. It's sad, but you're sellouts. You're sellouts. You all started out probably with a big dream. You're young. You're creating these amazing corporations. You're innovative. And then you sold out. You sold out for money. You sold out for something. I don't know what it is, but it's not going to end up good. It's not going to, it's not going in the right direction. I just, I, I just have no respect for anybody who operates like this, who operates against the constitution who thinks that Americans are too stupid to discern, um, you know, the truth from a lie, right? We're not that stupid, guys. 
right? We don't need to grow a big, long beard and put an earring in our nose, you know, and sit there, you know, at a Senate hearing acting like, you know, I'm on top of the world or high, wherever, whatever you're doing. We don't need to do that. But the one thing we do need is to get to Senator Marsha Blackburn. But before I get there, on 9-11, America vowed to never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers Foundation has helped our country honor that commitment through action. Tunnel to Towers, they make this podcast possible. But we need to make it possible for the families of first responders, law enforcement officers, and our military officials who have given so much Tunnel to Towers brings hope when it's needed most to these Gold Star families and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, guys. To pay tribute to America's fallen heroes, the foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, is walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and on to Ground Zero. I'm actually going to be on that walk with him with my husband, Marty. It's going to be amazing. His more than 500-mile journey through six states in 42 days, begins August 1st, and fittingly finishes on 9-11 at Ground Zero. So you don't want to miss that. The foundation is bringing Towers of Light to the memorials at the Pentagon and in Shanksville in remembrance. Do good and help America to never forget. Do good and honor America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Org. And without any further delay, I've got Senator Marsha Blackburn waiting backstage to join us. She is from the great state of Tennessee, and she is one senator that the Biden administration and these uh, behemoth, massive social media organizations do not want to mess with. I'm so happy to have you on, Senator Blackburn, because I think that there are very few people that are willing to hold this administration accountable for what they are doing as far as censoring, censoring, which I can't even believe I'm saying this in the United States of America, censoring Americans on social media platforms. I mean, in a time where that really is the mode of communication for most people all over the world. So I just want to start off by saying thank you. And I'd like you to lay out what you are asking from President Biden and the Biden administration and how you hope to get it. Yes, indeed. And Sarah, let me take you back to January when you had some in the White House say, oh, we need a truth czar or we need a reality czar. We need somebody in making certain that Things are going to be truthful if they go online. And I know everybody remembers that, but the comment was brushed aside by the White House leadership team, if you will, and said, oh, that's just somebody talking because they're frustrated or whatever. Well, just as we generally see from this administration, they put up a trial balloon. They see how far they can get with something, and then they backtrack but then you know where they're going. They are signaling to us where they're going. That is what they're doing right now. What they've set up is basically a premise that if your message is not government approved, then what you're going to experience is state-sponsored censorship. Now, That's Sarah, exactly what they're doing, Senator. That's exactly yes. what they're doing. And that's what that's we see it. in Cuba. 
That's what we see in Cuba. That's what we saw in the former Soviet Union. That's what we see in Russia right now when Vladimir Putin doesn't want something out. He censors it. This, the editors and chiefs of the papers, um, Itar Tass and other news agencies will censor those stories from the public. How are we any different now? Yeah. Well, and the White House is doing this and bear in, bear in mind, they said at first, it's only about COVID. But then what did we hear? It was going to be on other conservative sites. So what you give these rogue nations and these dictatorships and these author authoritarian regimes, the ability to do is say, well, we're no different than the United States. So why are you coming at us? And of course, we believe in free speech. And right. if Jim Saki or anybody else wants to go out there and say something that I think is misinformation, they have that right. Correct. And I will defend their right to go express their opinion or their version of the facts. What they do not have and what I do not have and what you do not have is the right to shut them up without any recourse because I disagree or you disagree or somebody else disagrees with what they're saying. No, I have the right to go respond and say, I think you're wrong. I do not agree with you, but they cannot shut me down. I cannot shut them down. That is the way we function in this country. Senator Blackburn, it's common sense. It's the constitution. I, and, yeah. and they're lying and they're lying when they talk about it just being COVID. For example, they yeah. shut down President Trump speaking at CPAC. So they shut CPAC down off of YouTube. They would not allow anybody to see the speech. And in fact, they closed it down for about seven days. Um, with me, for example, all of my reports at the border, I just saw two days ago that Facebook censored all of my podcast posts that had to do with the border and some that had to do with free speech uh, because they said it violated their policy on sensitivity. These are actual facts. I was at the border. I was watching smugglers deliver dozens of people to our National Guard and to our Border Patrol agents and to our DHS uh, uh, and to uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety, drop them off leave them there and tell our officials, do not puncture my raft. Do not touch my raft. It cost me a lot of money. And I got more people to bring to you from the other yeah. side. And I asked, so they, they actually censored that. So now we know it's more than just COVID. So you sent That's this right. letter, you sent this letter to the Biden white house and you are requesting that you get all of the communications which I think we deserve as the American people between right. Facebook, Twitter, Google, whoever, and the White House. That's right. And I'm doing this on behalf of the American people that deserve these answers. And I want to know how many staff members the White House has that is actually combing all of these posts and who is making the decision that these people are allowed and these are not allowed. These comments are allowed and these are not allowed. I want to know who they're working with at the big tech firms. I want to know what gives them the legal authority to do this because it is clearly unconstitutional and it is clearly 
wrong for this president to use the full force of his office to censor these websites. And I, I feel like I'm in upside center. down world. I, I can't believe yes. we're even debating this. This should be, you should be debating policy with Democrats about a budget issue. We shouldn't be talking about whether or not in the United States we should be free to speak or whether or not you and I will even be allowed to get this message out to the American people right. out of fear that YouTube or Facebook or Google is going to censor this podcast from them because they don't want your message to get out. Right. And see, back in the campaign, we started to say, hey, look, what they're doing is they're trying to, big tech is trying to become the arbiter of what you see, what you say, what you hear, what you know, and thereby what you think, and thereby how you vote. And now that Joe Biden is in the White House, it is like they have doubled down on this. And now they don't want us to know what is going on in the border, what is going on with the COVID-19 origins, right. what is going on when it comes to this Bernie's big budget bust that he is working on. They don't want us to know what is happening in Cuba, what is happening with these people, these cartels bringing people at the border, right. because they are trying to control the message and say, Hey, we are all for peace and calm. And, right. and we want we, we want like to we want to babysit you. We want right. to babysit but you. But here's the thing, Sarah, democracy is messy. It is messy because you're hearing from a right. lot of different voices. And God bless the people who stand up and speak. There are people every day that write letters to the editor or get online. And they're just bashing me. They don't like what I'm saying. They don't like what I'm wearing. They don't like Tennessee. They don't like where I live. They don't like my Southern voice, you know, but they are free to express their opinion. And it doesn't matter. But it only I goes like one way. Not. But That's it only right. goes one way, Senator. It, I never see them like going after Rachel Maddow, right? Or Don Lamont or anybody or Brian Stelzer. Right. I never see this massive push by Facebook or, and I don't want them to. The thing is, I don't want right. them to, but I don't want them to come after me. I don't want them to come after you. And what's interesting is the White House has let it slip. Listen to this clip. This is uh, Jen Psaki saying that if you're banned on one social media platform, basically she believes you should be banned on all social media platforms. That's so interesting for a press secretary to be such a dictator. I, I, I Listen to this. Uh, providing uh, for, for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Who is the misinformations are then? Have you figured that out yet? Who's in I charge of- We want to know who, who that is and how many people are getting a taxpayer paycheck to do this to take down taxpayers who are paying the bill. I mean, this is unbelievable. Basically, what you have Jen Psaki saying is, look, big tech should form a cartel 
and it should be the big tech cartel. And the big tech cartel should decide what the standards are going to be on all these platforms and who is going to make the decision, kind of who's going to take the lead on taking people down, shutting people up, and deciding what type information is going to be allowed on their platforms. That is what she is saying and recommending to all of these reporters. And of course, these big tech companies have reporters in that room. Well, this is what's so crazy. Remember when there was a whistleblower that went to Judicial Watch? And I remember getting called in. I'm, you know, I know, I know Chris Farrell. I know everybody at Judicial Watch. I get called in. They say there's a whistleblower that came from State Department that said Ambassador Marie Ivanovich at the time, the American ambassador to Ukraine, had employees at the State Department monitoring my social media, Sebastian Gorka's social media, Dan Bongino's, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram. All of us were on some kind of list. And, and John Solomon, we had to be monitored. But they were using State Department employees to monitor our open social media, which means the taxpayers were paying for us to be monitored, which means what you're saying right now is that people at the White House, someone is, Someone's yeah. got to be monitoring this. And, and that then they have someone to... has a staff. Right. And that someone mm-hmm. has a staff. And it's your duty as a representative of these United States to find out who that is, what they are doing, why they are trampling the Constitution. And do you believe the White House is actually going to make, what can they do to try to stop you? I mean, I don't understand how not everyone, and this is for you Democrats, all civil libertarians, when you threw, throw your hands up in the air and just grab your hair and say, I, I need to know what's going on here before we end up losing our country. This is the first step. Yeah, that's right. Silencing, taking away the free speech. And as right. I say, once they get that First Amendment and they take away your free speech, your freedom of religion, your freedom of peaceful assembly, then they're coming for the Second Amendment so that you cannot defend yourself. And we know that they feel like if they're going to forever change this country, they've got to do it before the 2022 midterms because they know that they are going to lose the House and Senate. That's it. Do you think this is what this is all about, Senator? Do you think that um, what we're seeing here now is another panic-driven push to stop the the Republicans from taking back the House, another panic-driven push because I'm I'm watching things and I'm actually becoming very nervous. We're seeing California may shut, you know, the mask mandates are back. Right. They're pushing disinformation. They're saying that the Republicans or conservatives are pushing disinformation, but it's actually the left. And it's mm-hmm. not even a Democrat you know, issue. It's more like a leftist regime. It's not anything like I've ever imagined before. Could that be the reason for all of this or, or what could what be. is the reason? What it is the reason be. then? They want to push us so far to the left that they transform this government. Remember Barack Obama said that he wanted to fundamentally transform this country. He didn't get the job done. 
In 2016, they thought that Hillary Clinton would win and they would have four years to finish the Obama agenda. Hillary Clinton lost and thank God we had President Donald Trump. So now they have the House, the Senate, the White House. They feel like time is ticking and that they've got to work like crazy to get things done before they lose. I want you to listen to this. This is Saki again, letting it slip. I mean, I don't know if she's letting it slip or if this is just getting people used to the idea that they are going to be monitored and that we are going to be censored from here on out, uh, especially under a Biden administration. She says, we're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. We're flagging. That goes right to your point. Uh, with these social media platforms uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, given, as Dr. Murthy uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. This is this is unbelievable to me. I think the job you are doing right now, Senator, is probably the most important job in in Congress now in the Senate. There is nothing else more important than finding out what's going on here. I think every single U.S. citizen needs to hear you and needs to be very concerned that we have reached this critical point in our country. I, you are, you are so correct about that. And I just kind of chuckled when I heard Jen Psaki say that because I thought, well, maybe I'm a problematic person to her because I'm not kowtowing to their way of thinking. And I'm asking for specific information of who these people are that are combing the internet. And if it is more than COVID, which we know it is, then how many people in how many departments and agencies do they have monitoring us and what we're putting up on the internet? What kind of file are they building? What kind of profile are they building? How do they intend to use this information? Because obviously they are gathering this information. And, and do they have a list? You know what? Elections are about consequences, but they are not about punishment. We do not punish our opponents in this country. And oh, I wish that was the truth. Doing that, for them to be doing that is wrong. It is wrong. And, and they've so weaponized the system, to- Senator. They've weaponized yeah. the system. I, I try to I try to come uh, comprehend what's going on here. You know, I was in Miami and people were coming up to me and talking to me and saying, Sarah, thank you so much for what you're doing. And these are older Cubans, you know, who remember when Fidel took power, who remember the revolution, who remember what happened in Cuba and the lies that were being told to the younger Cuban generation then so that the revolution would succeed. And they said to me something that I know you're going to understand because this is why you're doing this. They said, Sarah, the first thing that happened is they took control of the media. They took control of our voice. They started to censor us. I mean, I'm getting the chills right now thinking about it because 
I truly believe that this is the greatest. I thought it was the weaponization of our agencies. No, the greatest battle we are going to be facing right now is the censorship, is the taking control of the narrative. And you should ask another question to the White House, and it may be on your list, but do they have a list? Do they have a list of we've, people? Yes, we've asked them that. We've asked oh, to see Have the they list. answered anything? Have no, they given you? We have had no response. Do you have any suspicion of anyone in particular at the White House? I see you smirking. I don't, it may be, maybe just like you, you have an idea, but you don't want to say it. But you think you know what's going on there? Do you think you know what's I going on? I think that they, they should tell us who is in charge of this, who have they put in place as the truth czar as they alluded to early on, or the realities are what size staff, what kind of coordination do they have government-wide? How are they? And Sarah, bear in mind, back in the Trump transition in 2016, um, we found out later that they were surveilling some of the mm -hmm. vice chairs of the Trump transition. Well, I was a vice chair. I wrote, Devin Nunes wrote, wanted to know, hey, do you have our communications? Were you surveilling us? And we never got an answer. And that, of course, was with the Obama DOJ. But what we have to look at is that Jen Psaki has now spilled the beans, whether she intended to do it or whether she did it kind of thinking, well, this is what we're all talking about. And she just kind of got going and then caught herself. I don't know. But what I do know is this. They now have a list. They are tracking people. They are working with people at Facebook. We want to know and other tech platforms. They think that the big tech and big media should begin to set standards, decide what they're going to allow, what they are not going to allow. Now, that is classic censorship. It is government-sponsored censorship. It has got to stop, and I am not going to give up until we get some answers on this. Last question, because I know your time is precious, and I know you're, 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 you're on the road. you got things you got to do. What can the American people do to help you to stand by your side, those of us that want to demand answers from this White House? Yes. What can we do? They need to be talking to me. Uh, they'll find me on social media at Marsha Blackburn. Our website is blackburn.senate.gov. If they are being censored, let us know. Let us hear from you. Engage with us. Help us fight back. I Absolutely. You heard it straight from Senator Blackburn. If you believe that you are being censored, I am going to send you some screenshots of what Facebook sent me. I think you'll be very interested in that. Um, and for all of you out there, speak up. Tell your lawmakers that you're not going to put up with this. Tell them, you know what? You need to be up there on Capitol Hill fighting for me and demanding, even if you're a Democrat, even if your lawmaker's a Democrat, they should be demanding that this Biden administration turn over that information to Senator Blackburn because this is about every single one of us and our Constitution. Thank you so much, Senator, for being with me today. I, I think this is one of the most important Thank shows you. I've ever done. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. The reason we could have the great Senator Marsha Blackburn on the show and deliver that very vital information to you is because this episode of The Sarah Carter Show is sponsored by 
the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Remember, it was born of the tragedy of September 11th. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. All you have to do is donate $11 per month at t2t.org. That's $11 per month at t2t.org. That's T, the number two, t.org. I don't know where to go with this one. Greg and I were talking about this. Greg's producer of the show here. And he, you know, saw all these amazing stories about, you know, space. He knows how much I love it. I, I love uh, science. And in fact, um, you know, I, I spend time doing the Discovery Channel, you know, What on Earth, the TV show where we look at satellite images. So Jeff saw the Jeff Bezos story um, about Jeff Bezos going into space. It was funny. While I was in Miami, actually, there were a few people that did bring that up. And they're like, Americans believe everything. Jeff Bezos did not go into space. <laughs> That's fake news. Hashtag fake news. It, I don't think it was, but but what I want to believe is fake news is the fact that people who work for Jeff Bezos, I mean, what misery. You got truck drivers peeing in bottles. And now, you know, there's all these stories out there that, you know, it's like a sweatshop, Amazon. It's like a big sweatshop, Amazon warehouse sweatshop, because apparently and some employees are so afraid, and this is in the Seattle Times. I'm not making this up. This is in other, you know, uh, news outlets out there that are that are writing about this and doing investigations on this. Literally, are wearing adult diapers, like Depends. Am I doing an advertisement for Depends right now? I mean, Amazon. You know, they maybe they own stock in it. Are wearing adult diapers because they don't even have enough time, like to go to the bathroom. Is this America? First, Marsha Blackburn is like filling me in. And I, of course, and I've been watching it carefully and I've been seeing this since like what president Trump that we're being spied on by our bureaucracy and our uh, government officials that don't mind trampling the constitution. But now Jeff Bezos, it's like, we're back to the industrial age. People are like being forced to like pee in diapers and bottles, but I want you to listen to Jeff Bezos here. How pissed off would you be if you're an Amazon employee that's ever had to wear a diaper or even thought about wearing a diaper? And then Jeff Bezos, you know, starts talking about how every Amazon employee and customer paid for his trip so that he could go to outer space and be like, you know, Branson from Virgin or, you know, stay up there like with the Joneses, like Elon Musk. Listen to this. And then I also I want to thank uh, uh -huh. every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Ew. Oh, I'll thank you from the bottom of my diaper. Whoa, you're so arrogant. Gosh, what a, I, I, I don't even get this. I don't, I want to be excited about more people heading to space, about innovation and business, but come on, human dignity, please. Human dignity. I'm not even, I, I got it. I got to tell you, I mean, I'm going to read you this. Look, under pressure. This is a story from the Seattle Times. Under pressure, afraid to take bathroom breaks inside Amazon's fast-paced warehouse world. That's one story. There's another story here. 
Amazon apologizes for wrongly denying drivers the need to urinate in bottles, right? They lied about it. They first said, no, that's not true at all. And then all of a sudden, Amazon's like, well, guess what? You know, they've been working a lot. They got a lot of deliveries. So, you know, we don't want to give them like five minutes to go use the toilet, right? So they got to urinate in a bottle. How insane is that? Well, this is even funnier. Listen to Jeff Bezos saying that big things start small. You know, big things start small. They always do. And this, you can just tell, this is what we did today. People can say, oh, it's a tourism mission. It's a, it's a suborbital. Yeah, it but is. But it's a operational commercial vehicle that we can use to practice over and over and over, take people up over and over, and get really good at doing space travel. Yeah. He is such a narcissist. You know, if he really cared, he would have sent someone else up there, somebody that could actually do something with whatever is going on in space, like a scientist or something. He didn't need to do it. He didn't need to be. You know what? I give Branson that because Branson runs an awesome company. Virgin Atlantic, the airlines, when he did records, I mean, Branson's like all kind of self-made, right? He has always been the kind of guy to want to jump out of airplanes, Richard Branson, um, do crazy things. You know, I don't even think he went to college. He just like all of a sudden started like selling records from like his basement or something in England. I'll give that guy that because that's the kind of person he is. And he, you know, self-made. But you could tell that Jeff Bezos is just trying to keep up with the Musks, right? He hates it that Elon Musk is like so innovative and creative and, uh, you know, uh, all around so far awesome kind of guy because he left California and went to Texas. Uh, but, but this really just gets to the heart of the matter. We are now in a country where we've got like, you know, Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, comes out, is completely to the left. We know that, you know, and Amazon. And he made, I don't even know how many billions, you know, off of COVID because we were all on lockdown. I'm sure that helped him a lot, you know, and now he's going to space. As soon as lockdown ended, boom, up into space. But guess what? His employees who all had to sit there and giggle and laugh, they had uh, apparently some of them felt like they had to wear diapers. So congratulations, Jeff Bezos. You went to space while other people wore diapers. Uh, again, thank you so much for being a part of the Sarah Carter show. This is where I'm going to bring you the information that you absolutely need to know. Guys, we do not, nobody's going to force you to do that. Now I've told you, now you know what's happening in America. Stand up for yourself. Don't wear a diaper. Tell Jeff Bezos he can come into the factory once in a while and work with his employees so that he could see what they're actually doing and how hard it is to be an everyday American just trying to pay the bills at the end of the month. Um, and Okay, go to my website, sarahacarter.com. That's sarahacarter.com. There you'll find the links to all of my social media and you can sign up for our email. This is very important. I want you to sign up for our email list there so you don't get shadow banned. We already know that we are. This is not just hearsay. It's not just a rumor. You heard Senator Blackburn. We know what's going on with Facebook, with Google, with all the major social media outlets, the ones that allow us to communicate right with one another. So if you're at least on that email list, you will get the podcast. They will not be able to censor it. They will not censor it on um, Rumble. They will not censor it on Parler. I'm not too sure about YouTube and Facebook and Google. As I said, they have censored. Again, thank you so much 
for being a part of this show. Thank you so much for being a part of this great nation. Remember, it's up to each and every one of us to make a difference. It's up to each and every one of us to fight back, to stand up, to speak out. That's what the founding fathers gave us the great constitution for and our declaration of independence. Don't forget it. Thank you and God bless. Today, I'm joined by Rebecca Weber, the CEO of the Association for Mature American Citizens. It's also known as AMAC. The most important question, I think, for so many people out there is, how much does AMAC membership cost? What does oh, it cost for the asking. regular consumer? Yeah, so for $16 a year, okay, or, or less, you can join at a one, three, or five-year membership. You get a couple of things. You get the benefits. You get a great subscription to a magazine. So for $16, you're going to receive a bi-monthly magazine. But your voice is now going to be heard in Washington. We take our marching orders from you. If you stand for faith, family, freedom, if you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in the greatness of America, if you believe in individual freedoms and everything you just said, Sarah, $16 is not a lot of money to join the 2.3 million members that are really fighting hard to ensure that America remains the, the best country in the world. Rebecca, thanks so much for being with me today. I'm honored to have you and AMAC as a sponsor for The Sarah Carter Show. You know, for more information, folks, visit amac.us slash Carter. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.